3: What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Backliners podcast. Uh, Aggro and, jo- and Barracuda joined by John Finch. Uh, you might notice that the overlay looks a little bit different. Um, that's because uh, we're swapping roles today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bera, you know, I got kind of sick of doing all the work around here. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, you uh, say that. I got kind of sick of it. So mm-hmm. um, now... You're rebelling. I was what? You're rebelling? Oh, I'm rebelling. Yes, I'm rebelling. Uh, I'm also rebelling because I just realized I forgot to uh, start the recording for YouTube. So um, now the recording for YouTube has started. Uh, (laughs) I'm doing my job properly. And uh, this is the backliners. Um, But this (laughs) time with John Finch and Finch. Thanks for joining us, man. It's not like you had a long week of casting or anything like that.
4: <laughs> no, not at all. I'm happy to be here. And I kind of feel like I fit the spirit since you know I like to play Hunter anyway. I'm also kind of a backliner. You know, I'm, I'm oh, just fitting in. That's what I'm trying to do.
3: Yeah, I, always, always. <laughs> uh, so Barra here is where um, I hope I hop out of the host seat mm-hmm. and I, and I hand it over to you. The show is at your fingertips. My friend, you can take this anywhere you want. Anywhere. Cool. There are it's no rules. It it is. Is.
5: What was it like watching our set from this weekend? That's a good question. You guys always ask me how it is to play, but what's it like to watch, you know? How do you get irritated? Do you get... How do you let your emotions control you while watching my set?
3: That's a much better question I thought you were going to bring to Hmm. me, to be honest with you. Um, I can still give you bad questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Because that's what I'm used to to having around here. Uh, I guess I'll start. Finch, um... I do get frustrated watching bad smite. Um, and as I've gotten more tenured at casting, as I've, as I've done it more, I've realized that I have to worry about showing it less and less because people (laughs) like that, um, from only people who have been doing it long enough though, because if like Mifflin sounds annoyed, people will lose it. They'll all get really (laughs) mad. Um, if I if I lose my mind a little bit, if especially if Hindu Man loses his mind, people like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um But you're set against PK, uh look, I'm trying to remember your game one draft. They had Oh, that was the game where they had Thoth. Um mm-hmm. Paul played Thoth. Yeah, this um you got? Did you guys get stomped this game? I feel like you guys no. got stomped. Holy! Today. Is
4: that the tone of this show? Wait a minute. That, oh yeah, that is.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh, you can pick this
4: show wherever you want. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. There's no rules here. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I felt like in this first game, I was just really confused. Oh yeah, you guys just picked like no pressure anywhere. You level two ganked duo, and I was thinking like, okay, baby, here we go. Laszlo with a lead on Erlong Shen. He's just gonna walk around and he's gonna slam people. And I was like, "All right, here he comes, any minute now. Here comes lasbra coming to a side lane. Any day, come on, I'm ready for it." And uh, and that just never happened. The rest of the game, and I felt very frustrated by that. I remember that.
4: I don't know. When I, I don't usually get that frustrated when I'm watching you guys play. Because I don't know, I always say exactly what I mean. If I'm on there and I'm saying things like, "Hey, I think this team's good," and they're just not playing that well right now, I genuinely mean it when I say that. I think <laughs> Lazarus' is really good, and sometimes he doesn't play like it, and I and that is frustrating but you all don't nearly frustrate me as much as like watching obey sometimes like that'll really tilt me or that 78 minute game. I cast with cord the other day when they so bad. <laughs> died to gold Fury And I just mentally checked out after that. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> I'm not that likely to get upset until some, because for me, it's way harder to know when something's objectively wrong than say mm-hmm. aggro or Mifflin or someone like that. Um, so I don't get nearly as upset, but when I can tell something's objectively wrong, then yeah, we're way off the reins at that point, and I might lose mm-hmm.
3: Didn't I lose it at something this week? Can you remember, Finch? If I lost <laughs> it at something, I think I was raging. Oh man, I can't remember what. Because oh, I was raging at at. I think I was raging at your set, Bera. I think I was. <laughs> I think I was raging because I was like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> well, Sometimes, okay, what go, it's ahead, like go ahead.
4: Have we told them what it's like? Because when you, when they're casting, they'll be down in their own channel, kind of on their own. We can't really talk with them, but they'll hop back up into the channel with the rest of us. And sometimes they'll come in hot, and Aggro <laughs> will come in hot a lot of the times. So he'll come in out of the call, and we'll be having our own conversation. He'll blow that up like, dude, they're, they're so stupid, something like that. That's actually a perfect Aggro impression. <laughs> that
3: was you know, really I'll good. Was <laughs> really he'll good. come in
4: hot or something like that, Tilton, For sure, he'll come in because he cares about the yeah, offset. So yeah, I, of
3: I, I like because you and I have talked about it on the podcast. So like I don't even feel bad about talking about how I was raging about this. There are just times where you guys just like stop doing stuff and you just mm-hmm. let other teams do stuff to you. And that's <laughs> <I've> non- oh, <laughs> And that's bad smite, right? You got to be the one doing stuff all the time. And so I was like, "Finch, why aren't they just Why, why aren't they just doing stuff?" <laughs> I don't know. I was losing it. That actually—that's a great question this week because I was—I did lose it a little bit on that one. I I remember now.
5: Um, From my perspective, scary turned into a Super Saiyan at around level eight, and because we actually had—you say we didn't draft any pressure, which we have pressure in duo lane. I'll have you remember both games, and at level eight, I was like, "I'm gonna rotate over to solo side." I told them, "I'm clearing the wave. I'm flying over." Yep. They walked away,
3: <laughs> and <laughs> I sure was did. like, "No, <laughs> dude, come back!"
5: And so the next thing I was picked talking to, we ran it down. So
3: yep, I yeah. do remember that. You guys were you guys yeah. got off to a good start that game for sure. Um, mm-hmm. That 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 does uh, ring a bell. I actually heard your voice in my head. Um, it was game one when Scary was just uh, Super Saiyan, as you put it, mm-hmm. um, and you were like, "Dude." When Scary gets a lead, that dude just like is the best later in the whole game. And I just remember you telling like <laughs> stories about playing with Scary when he gets ahead. Uh, and I, I kind of said something. I let that mental quote like transition into what I was saying on the cast. But I didn't I wasn't sure if that was a conversation that we had had like, on the record or off the record. So I wasn't going to say that you had said it, but um, I definitely... That's a big thing that people do in all forms of broadcasting. Like, not everything that players tell you is on the record, but you kind of use that as information to um, sound really smart and and intelligent, uh, and no one has to know that it isn't actually you. (laughs)
5: Okay, my next question is, how do you continue to fill dead space in games when it's one of... We'll say, like, no offense, but, like, an... Like, an SSG and a uh, Sanguine set. Like, Mm -hmm. where there's not a lot of fighting in the early mid-game. Right. And you've already covered their drafts kind of in the early-ish phase. How do you keep talking? Because when as a pro player, when I'm watching those games, I just sit back because there's nothing else to talk about. Like, I tell my chat about, like, uh, these are why they picked these picks, and it takes about three minutes. And then after that, I'm like... Okay.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> action, <laughs> <think> please. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. So. You can go yeah. first, Finch.
4: Yeah. Well, well, Vera, I Mifflin had the same thing when he just started. So I now have a whole new perspective <laughs> on exactly what you mean. Because I think there's something about like having this high level thought about the game where it, it's sometimes it's super simple to you all. Like they've got these picks. They should win here. If they do this, that's it. Let's see if they do it. Mm-hmm. If it goes that way. And, like, I don't know, it's just our job to sometimes add a lot of stuff on. When I'm the one and aggro is my two, I don't have to worry about it at all. I can kind of put my feet up, and I know aggro will talk for two minutes uninterrupted. I'm sure you all remember the time when aggro... Where I once said as chair one, oh Red Buff being invaded, and then I didn't get to talk again until the next time Red Buff was being invaded. He talked that entire time until it spawned again. So a lot of the times I don't have to worry about it if is there; he'll just talk on his own. But you kind of got to keep going. Sometimes we'll talk about anime, or we'll talk about something else. But you mm-hmm. know, you gotta you know keep finding something new to talk about. We'll talk about what we think might end up happening. We'll, we'll build scenarios. We'll, we'll try and find something.
3: Yeah, uh, that is both a very proud moment of mine, Finch, and a very <laughs> embarrassing moment for me, is that I literally talked from one Red Buff in to the next uh yeah i think um you know finch finch's primary job is chair one or play-by-play guy so his job um is just is to call the action and what he's supposed to do in those down times is basically just fill when i am out of my current point um it's to it i'm the beyblade okay um and then finch's job is to is to wind me up and send me off again uh, I gotta let it rip, you know. Right, right. Finch, Finch is letting it rip, and um, <laughs> I definitely take it. I, I kind of rip too too far sometimes. I will admit uh, <laughs> that there there are a lot of times where uh, I will talk too long, but that's the, I don't know. I kind of view that as the job, like the having fun and like sounding excited and 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 calling like cool action like that. Uh, that just kind of. It, that happens because we're all excited about Smite and, and we love doing it um, yep. that's that's where the job is easy for me in particular as the analyst like I feel like I separate myself and have tried to separate myself as a caster during those downtimes to make sure uh, the people are invested. A lot of our job is to Show the viewer where the ball is, like explain to them what they should be looking at as the game goes on. And and if you if you can walk away from a cast that Finch and I do feeling like you didn't need us, then we probably did our job really well because we told you who you should be looking for. What team was which team was expected to do what? And you go, oh, well, they won that fight because, you know, their their hunbats got on top of the the you know they baited beads and then the hun bats got straight into the back line and they insta killed the mage like i don't need any analysis to help me with that but if you didn't know that coming in or you didn't know that a week ago um and from and from watching our casts you kind of discern that that was the the big play then then in my mind we've done our job
5: do you from there do you like what fdot used to do then where he would kind of run on tangents about random things because a lot of people didn't like that and personally I enjoyed it because it kind of took me away from smite because sometimes I'll get bored of like the kind of general smite talk because I kind of understand a lot of things that that are kind of understand, you know, for a player, by the way. Right. Um, (laughs) I understand a lot of things that are happening in smite, but I kind of like when casters give, I'll say a little bit of their personality into the cast to kind of run on random tangents to just kind of talk about themselves because... It, like you guys said, it's. I don't know how you guys do it, like talking that much when nothing's happening. Like, dude,
3: there's some boring moments. Do not get me wrong. Like, yeah. there, there are some moments where I'm like, man, I do not care about what th- this purple buff invade when a team is up eight k. Um, I just could not care less. But you know, that's the job. I think Tom was fantastic at a whole lot of different things, and that doesn't mean that he didn't have moments where it he probably should have rained it back a little bit or, or done a little bit something different but nobody's perfect um and and I love that about Tom I it, it made him a lot of fun to cast with and um and I think that like for the new guys this year especially we all um we have I think we've tried to make sure that we aren't going too off topic because that's one of the harder parts of the job is like ad libbing properly um but I'm excited to the point where when those guys get to the point where they're comfortable enough and knowing when they have to reel it back in and understanding their range and that kind of stuff that we can start messing around a little bit again. Cause I, I always thought that was really fun and yeah, there'll be people that don't like it, but castings an art, not a science, you know, not, no one. Um, you're not going to please everybody.
4: And like, well, next- Oh, oh no, I never you go. Yeah, well, there's a lot of different moments where it can be tough to know. Like sometimes there's built-in moments, like right where we're like a team will get the fire giant and they're resetting. They're they're all going back to base. They're spending. They're cleaning out the farm, and it'll be like a minute and a half before they're at the phoenix is ready to siege. So those are built in. And then sometimes you have like the sanguine matches, like you mentioned, where those are slow. But it's just not <laughs> kind of knowing I think the the right times to where you can afford to move off topic a little bit, and then knowing when you have to cut it off and get right back on. So mm-hmm. it, it just takes some time to get used. To.
5: Is it easier to cast LAN games than to cast normal online split games?
3: I think so, 100%. Um, yeah. You just feel the energy, you know? The games matter more. Um, the, the good thing about the SPL this year is that every game has the potential to be super close, and the way the standings points works now, uh, games are a lot more relevant. But, I mean, dude, we've, we'll cast a week three SCC game between the two teams that we both know aren't going to qualify i'm gonna be trolling that whole time and you know what i think people want me to be trolling the whole time and if they don't then i don't care because like i said it's an art not a science uh yeah when when the stakes are high you get more invested and i think the product uh, almost always sounds better for sure for me at least
4: Well, and I just liked it when the players were there, too. I mean, like, even when it wasn't, like, a big LAN, like, sometimes we'll walk out of the casting booth and the team will be, like, uh, you know, they'll be taking a break in between their games or something, and we'll get, like, this quick moment to kind of check in with them. Or, like, literally always Cheerio looks pressed, right? Like, 100% of the time, (laughs) in between games, Cheerio is like, oh, they won by 20,000 gold, my man is still worried, right? But it's like, you just get these little small moments to talk to you guys or see how you're feeling in between games. And, like, Aurora is the player I feel like I'm kind of the closest with, and i can tell Mm -hmm. he's different on game day right like he is locked in and focused he might not even talk to me but then if he's coming in for like interviews or stuff he's super jovial with me so i just liked that stuff where we got to kind of get to know you guys a little bit more in between games and stuff
5: yeah i would say i missed that because there's just a different energy um definitely i'm gonna skip my questions because i kind of take it a lot of time took like 14 minutes of my own (laughs) questions so i'm gonna go (laughs) oh the the pressure
3: of being the host huh it's not easy time (laughs) management (laughs) let me tell you
5: yeah. If you could stop talking so I can ask <laughs> questions, that'd be great. Um, Extreme man 25 asks: When someone different is working a broadcast, can you tell the difference when Doug isn't doing the camera or when other people are on replay video?
3: One thousand percent. Yeah, yeah, Doug in wanna, particular.
4: I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or anything like that, but it's just it's a t- it's tough. I don't think they get quite enough respect for how much they have to do sometimes especially doug because he he does literally all of it but you can definitely tell when big play ray is doing the spectator or when doug is doing the spectator right? it's not you, you can tell
3: 100 percent, 100 percent. dude doug does not get enough credit my like finch and gore casted a 78 minute sec game this week and we like we're changing the schedule to make sure that you know we kind of try and give them a break and like <laughs> You know, that's mentally difficult and like, you know, it is a little bit more important because of like throat health and that kind of stuff. But Doug sat there through 78 minutes and you know what he did? He spectated the next two SPL games and then he came in on Sunday and he spectated another SCC game and two more SPL games. And like that dude doesn't get a break most of the time unless, uh, you know, he's got a day off. So that man grinds and it is so mentally taxing to sit there and spectate. Uh, It is it is hard um I, I have a ton of respect for doug because i that is not a job that i think i could do N- no chance
5: i mean you can tell when someone bad is spectating i'll just put it that way
3: <laughs> and, it, and it's hard right like it's it's it it's, hard. it's hard to enjoy it as much if if no one is uh if someone who's not in tune is doing it
4: you know sometimes i'll get asked to like help like cast like a community tournament or something like that like a couple times it'll come up and they'll be like all right uh you can cast and we'll have you like do the camera and stuff too and i'll go in there and i'm like oh no this is awful it's impossible (laughs) how do i put this on directed so i don't have to think like normal or something like that it's it's a lot you know it's a lot that we kind of take for granted i think
3: 100 percent. i had to do some spectating whenever we were doing practice casts at the very beginning of this year yep Uh, i was like dude i don't understand any of this and then like you 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 zone out for one minute and you miss a double kill and a buff invade and the casters are like, yeah, I don't know really what happened over there. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude! you, you really cannot afford to zone out for a single second because no. like the casters are so hyper focused on every single second of passing time because that's the game they're on this week or whatever or that day that um, it's very, very difficult to, to catch everything that we're saying. So I, I do have a bunch of respect for Doug and we wouldn't be able
1: to do it without him. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wersland, Therabody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. But only until Labor Day. Go right now to TheraGun.com slash BlueWire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE.
5: Nice. Next question by Byron123. What are some of the favorite team arcs and mm. player arcs though? Okay, this is terribly written. Sorry, Byron. Oh, <laughs> they win, win this and casted like a player joining the league and rising to the top or an unexpected team making it further than anticipated.
3: I have That's one. If question. you if you need some time, Finch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think mine is Nika. Nika is one of my favorites because when Nika first started in the SPL, it was right when I had first started casting, and um, that was season three, and. Nico was like, okay, you know, doing okay some games, popping off, but for the most part, a little bit underwhelming. But he was a soul laner on a bad team. It's very difficult to be a standout in a situation like that. And then season four came around, and, like, I still didn't think Nika was very good, but he was getting a lot of praise. And particularly from the, 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 the he who shall not be named uh, was, really, was really gassing Nika. <laughs> Um, oh, right. yeah. and I remember <laughs> just being, listen, man, I'm, this is the that story. Right? Yeah. This is, this is the story. Okay. And I was like, I do not see it, man. I don't see it. Like Nika is not good. Like I just, I just really don't see it. I really felt that way for a long time, but you know, we try really hard to, uh, call it as we see it, but not be rude or like, um, mm-hmm. overly critical, but I was not impressed with what I saw out of Nika for a long time, and then the dude just starts getting better and better and better and better, and all of a sudden, he's like the best soul laner in the whole league. Uh, and I can't help but gas him every single game. I mean, I mean, I, 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 you know, I've gotten to know the guy. I, I really like watching his streams and talking to him and all that kind of stuff. But even before um, it got to the point where he was popping off like last year, it went in my mind. It was like Nika is, you know, you always kind of think of it as like last ones into the spl um mm-hmm. like who would be the ones to get replaced i always thought nika was like right on that bubble and then it was like okay he's a solid spl solo laner like he's definitely better than any available option and then it was no he's actively winning his team games and then it was no he's outskilling every other solo laner in the whole league and I, and from someone who like for me uh Just, like, getting my opinion changed by him playing better every single week was was really fun for me to watch. And now I think he's, like, literally one of the best players, not just solo laners, but I think he's one of the best players in the whole league.
4: Yeah, for me, I'm glad you gave me all that time to think about (laughs) that. That's my Uh, job. Yep. (laughs) It was all for me, right? Because I remember thinking when he was, like, in the SEC or, like, minor league or whatever it was at that point, because that was almost like season four when he came in i remember thinking like he's like crushing everybody on this like hebo or whatever but that's not going to mm-hmm. translate to the spl like his aggressive play style is he going to be able to play some of the more meta picks or mesh with these teams but i feel like he came in and like almost instantly was good and competing at that high level and since then mm-hmm. like i consider him one of the very best mid laners in the league right now i mean dardez and, and shinto and them are making a good name too but he's up there man i think maybe there's like a little bit of some of that regression now but i, I definitely distinctly remember thinking No way that what this man is doing is going to work at this level. He's going to get punished. He can't just walk up to your red buff and steal it literally every game, can he? And then when he came in, that's kind of exactly what he was doing. So I was impressed with his run, for sure.
5: Next one. Okay, well, DJ Kobayashi apparently wants to congratulate you guys for being so awesome at preventing dead air. Oh, thank you. The question is, how much of that is encouraged by your superiors, the prevention of dead air? And how much do you prepare before the game to keep yourselves talking throughout the game?
3: You can go ahead, Vince. Yeah, that's
4: interesting. Um, you know, Tom fdot was a big fan of sometimes kind of like allowing there to be some space and i think that was a lot easier when we were in the studio like that's a lot harder now when we're online Mm -hmm. because like you don't know if there's dead space because there's an issue or because they're like (laughs) just taking a moment to think or something like that so it's a lot harder now but when you're in the studio you can like kind of put your hand up like hey I'm, i'm just breathing for a moment but i think there are a lot of times when it's good to just let the game breathe for a moment um you know take a breath we don't have to literally be talking wall to wall but a lot of the times you want to make sure you come in with some talking points. Gore is really good about coming in with super relevant stats. I feel like, like he'll do matchup stats or stuff like that. So I think he's one of the best at it. Now that we've got him on smite and making sure he's got some of that extra stuff
3: too. hundred percent. Gore is a prep beast. I think, um, dead air and normal downtime and talking are two pretty different things. Dead air. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, we're wary of, of, how long we're going in between each sentence, but Good casting is a conversation between two people who just both happen to be be like really sick at talking is the best way to think about it. And at least that's what we're shooting for. And so when you're talking to your friend, you know, you guys are watching the game on the couch. You'll be talking a whole lot and then you'll both take a drink. You know, you'll both grab a chip or something like that. And having that two, three, four second little gap is is good to to kind of reset it. And uh, and Tom was definitely the best at that. I, yeah. I did some chair one casting with Mifflin this week and last week and he was saying that he's so not used to that like he's saying that my breaks are very differently timed and like and and stretched that than other casters and I think uh, I think I got a lot of where I want to take my breaks and the length of them um from Tom for sure he was great at that.
5: Next question from the tailbone. Favorite moments on cast, whether it was their best moment or an awesome game they casted?
3: Hmm. It's a good question.
5: I don't know which one I want to direct at. Also, nobody <laughs> left and right. It's kind of both left. Well, I've so got one go. that comes to
4: mind right away. So maybe, maybe yeah, I, I can Yeah, go for figure. it. Um, the one that comes to mind with me, it just was like my favorite moment where I like genuinely freaked out like having a cast. Um, I don't know if you remember who it was. It was energy playing. Mouse. I want to say like it was Mouse. Yeah. Yep. And they had like the big loop around play where they came all the way around to the back of the fire giant and were able to like make this big play. If you go back and listen to it, I'm like straight up losing my mind basically during that play. Um, but I kind of liked it. I think Taco. I was with Taco at the time. I think we built the moment pretty appropriately, and then we kept the energy afterwards. I just kind of remember that being a moment where, like, literally in the room, like I was up out of my seat, freaking out, like, what is what is happening right now? And Taco was like, "Okay, calm down, Finch." But I, I thought it was. I, I remember that as, as one of my one of my favorite casting moments.
3: Um, I have a, I have two two or three moments. Um, I think. You know, I, that I, wasn't the question, Agro. Jeez. All I right, know. Okay. <laughs> my, uh, my chair two brain just can't help it. Okay, I'll try and speed it up. You're right. We're probably running out of time. Um, okay. I've Obviously, I do a ton of prep going into Worlds, and I've been particularly proud of my season my season five, I think it was. Season five was E-United winning, right? Or no, that was Splice. My season four. I was yeah. particularly proud of my season four finals cast. I felt like I really had a grasp of the meta and really understood what I, what the teams were doing at, at, at a better level than most years i feel i felt the same way about season six i thought my season six finals cast was pretty good um and i was really happy with uh with where i got in my meta understanding that year that's a big thing for me is just like how well do i feel like i understand the game this year and i think yeah. four and six were, were two of my best years um i had a really w- one moment that really stands out to me though when i think about it and this is probably going to be one of the nicest things i've ever said to finch so hopefully it doesn't get too uncomfortable but season uh was that se- which year or did we do the dig semi was that season five um, I think it was season five yeah. where i lost my voice uh when Moswall killed fred when he jumped on him on red buff i didn't have enough air and i tried to like pop off and threw out my vocal cords <laughs> And Finch was still fairly new. That was the, the the biggest set Finch had ever done, and I'm kind of on that set to to guide him there. And then I and I basically blow a tire on that set. And I remember um, I remember feeling very proud of how Finch uh, handled that set afterwards. And uh, cool. and I think about that as as some of the some of my better memories casting.
4: Damn, it's hard to hate Agro when he's gassing you like that. All right, I love it. I Appreciate you. I rem- that was a great cast though. I remember it. I, f- I remember. Like, because at that point I hadn't like gotten a ton of like individual gas then, but like Agar came up to me afterwards. Hindu like pulled me aside and said he liked the cast too. So that was when I, I mean, I remember that one too. I felt a lot like, okay, maybe they can kind of rely on me a little bit now too. So I I appreciate it.
3: Hundred percent. It's your story arc. Um,
5: (laughs) Oh, gee, it's Joe Law says if you were to find yourself stranded with limited supplies, which caster would you choose to improve your chances of survival?
1: Hmm. Wait,
4: which caster would I be with? In yeah, game? which caster?
5: <sighs> you and another caster stranded on an island with limited supplies. Who are you taking? I think we're dead oh. no matter what.
4: Yes, <laughs> but I think I would take Dave. Yep. Because imagine if a plane does come overhead, no way you're not stopping for Dave Dolson Olson, right? <laughs> we gotta make sure we get that man out of there. And if I can let like, glom on and also get saved, that would be pretty sweet, right? I think that's probably my best chance. Is if I let them know I've got that man with me, someone's coming mm-hmm. to save. Us.
3: Yeah, I think I'm going to go Gore just based on Gore seems like the type of dude who would have a lot of information on how to survive in the wilderness because he like binged a couple seasons of Bear Grylls or something like that. Um, But let me make this very clear. I will not be contributing. I'm a dead I'm a dead weight in that situation. Mm -hmm. Mifflin and Hindu man are active detriments. You can't take, there's
4: no way you can take Hindu with you, no, right? No he's way. so
3: toxic. He would instantly you kill you. If he no thought chance. for one second that, that, you know, eating your calf meat is a better chance of him surviving than keeping you around, he's killing you instantly. So, <laughs> and Mifflin will just troll because that's funnier to him than surviving. So, it sure is. Uh, I, I don't think that, um, I don't think that either of them would be any help at all.
5: That segues well into our next question by the (laughs) Hythi. When does the pain go away?
4: (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, So it doesn't. uh, (laughs) Life is just, it's a dark tunnel that you keep thinking that maybe there's light. It gets darker and there's no end. But um, also, you know, sometimes there's light. So, hey, uh, some hope, I would say.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'll just retweet what (laughs) Finch (laughs) said. Nice.
4: Uh, Next question by
5: the Aerodon. Aerodon. Which guest caster slash analyst have been their favorites over the years? Like when players are on the mm. desk, etc. Very
3: question. good question. Very good that's question. That's a really hard
5: question. There's been a lot of good ones. It has been.
3: Oh, man. I think the best... Okay, the best moment for any guest caster was definitely PBM calling Ionica a bitch uh, <laughs> at that one land. That, was, the fun, that yeah. was one of the funniest things that's ever happened on a Smite camera, for sure. Um, and it's no coincidence that it's involving Mike. But I think the best player caster uh sorry to up the rivalry here barra has been has, was steve i think zap was the best uh, uh
4: agreed player caster. i know you think that but i don't think you're right but i'm sorry. actually him or tricks tank
3: tricks was good <laughs> i like both <laughs> tricks was good tricks sometimes was like you know you we had to really lead him to water but when he got there he drank well you know what i mean like <laughs> we he required a little bit more direction i think but i didn't work with steve i was just a fan at the time so uh it's hard to say <laughs> for sure <laughs>
4: You're forgetting the actual literal perfect human that is Demi and when we would have oh him. Oh my with god, us, dude. And how sick he I'm sorry, Aggro, you made it too free for me and too easy to come in and crush you like this, and I'll take it. But yeah, Demi I, I, Demi is a great person, just by the way, like just yep. to talk to in between. Mm-hmm. He's fun to be around. He's a super cool, humble guide to you, and then he's great when he's on the desk as well. So And he was a trooper. There are tons of times that we put like Demi Kelly and like not really another other like pro, I don't feel like, on there with them, and they had to like stall and buy time, and I thought Demi was great at that stuff.
3: Yeah, it's a great show. Also Demi really is fantastic. Coach. Well, he's just a, um, he's just a great mind.
5: Yeah, he's probably second favorite coach that I've had ever. Um, <laughs>
3: was her, <laughs> who, <laughs> who, who, wait, who was number one? You can't you can't leave us on the it's row. Oh, okay. That's a
4: good yeah, Well, Ro's Ro, there right now. Ro is awesome, by the way. I, I, love, I love Ro. Dude. I'll split I
5: out. Did
3: anyone else love my Ro? This is a Ro appreciation tweet. I loved my own tweet because I really <laughs> did. I watched his interview and I was like, damn, dude, Ro is so sick. And I just, yeah. I was feeling appreciative towards him.
5: He works so hard and he is very harsh on us in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> and he just wants the best for us. And he's really critical of himself and critical on us, which Sometimes can be scary, but sometimes it's what you need to grow as a player. 100%. Um, sorry for talking. Next question. You're Super allowed to, to talk. 64. <laughs> what is the biggest? I like this question because it's a scary question. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest disagreement you've had with a pro player as a caster over something set on the cast? Who was it? And what was it about? Do I have to say who it was if it's sensitive?
3: That is a good question.
5: That is a scary
4: question to answer. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. It has to be a pro player, you said, right? It can't be like maybe an org owner or something like that. Uh, Like that's not allowed for me to say. I mean, I think that's uh, allowed
3: if you want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You You can take this wherever you want. I was going to say, you probably don't have that many with players, Finch.
4: I don't, because I don't go out on a limb that often, like, kind of by mm-hmm. direction, but, like, you know, and, and I trust what I hear from my twos a lot of the times, too, so I don't go out on a limb that often to do the disagreement, but, I mean, obviously there was the time when I referred to Obey as the worst team in the league, because they were, uh, and and Obey, uh, you know, took some... They didn't like it, so, you know, sometimes you have to... <laughs> you got to talk to them about it. You hope that they do the proper channels. They come to you, and mm-hmm. talk to you kind of like, like an adult might, but sometimes they don't, so you got to deal with that.
3: Yeah, I think i was actually talking about uh this earlier today i think the most backlash i've gotten okay from one of I'd my comments about this
4: because all i see is slurp for this dude they love aggro <laughs> up do
3: <to> the, <laughs> the casters make fun of me all the time for for how much the community like <laughs> loves what i say and i just don't know what to do about it i don't know um i think the one of the one of the times i got the most hate was last year whenever uh whenever tom asked me on the desk it was after i don't know which it was it was definitely you guys um barra it was ssg and you had just thrown another set by fire um that that narrows it down uh (laughs) not a whole lot and um and he said what should they do because they just keep losing and i said well they should make a roster change at this point (sighs) because it was just like, I felt like I'd been asked that question a billion times. And there's just no, there was no answer that I had besides that. And I've explained it since that mm. in sports and in esports, it's a, winning is a binary concept. You either have the potential to win the world championship or you don't. And if you don't, then you need to change to the point where you do. Not everyone's going to mm. be able to win. Um, and, and that's kind of understood going in. And I remember Destiny got really mad at me. Uh, I had to DM with her a little bit. You know, attacking Barracuda, oh, an unwise choice by me.
5: Um, <laughs> it is not smart. In really general. Warranted. I had no problem with what you said.
3: Yeah, I, I i didn't say that, you know, this person is not good enough to play. I, I made sure not to call mm-hmm. out any particular person because I didn't think it was one particular person that was your problem. It's just that w- that combination of five yeah. was not working. And yep. uh, I think that's the most backlash I've, I've ever gotten that I can think of. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's at least one more. I just can't remember exactly what it was, but I, uh, I've been lucky to, um, establish good relationships with a lot of pros. I often, um, I often talk DM pros about questions about builds or why they did this and that kind of stuff. And there've been plenty of pros that reach out to me after a cast and be like, yo, you know, you said this, but this is why I don't do that. Or this is why I did what I did. And that's, that's how we all get better at casting. Um, and I, I I very much enjoy being told why I was wrong because it lets me be wrong less, which is, which is the whole goal.
4: And, and can I say, we talk a lot. It, it is literally impossible for us to be married to all the words that we say on any given cast because we yep. say so many. So... I'm not saying that we shouldn't be accountable for what we say because we totally should, but I don't think that people should take it so much to heart, all of it, because it would be impossible for us to think for us to hold all of that in us all the time. Right. Right. Sometimes Mm. we are just talking to a certain extent. Exactly.
3: Especially on like comparisons and that kind of stuff. Like if we miss the mark on a comparison or or something like that or, or a phrasing. We, it, we're not going to die on that hill we'll oftentimes no. say you know we're sorry like yeah it came out a little wrong i've been talking for five hours straight like my bad and, <laughs> and of course yeah. we shouldn't make mistakes but everyone does
4: if i say so and so is the best hunter in the league and i forget the goat you know then, then you can let mm. me know i'm not going to die on that hill in that moment you know it kind of just it might have slipped one of our minds or something like that so yeah totally i like when people say that they do or don't like something that we say and they've got constructive feedback but also we are definitely not yeah, in love with every single word we've said. So, mm-hmm. so don't don't take it too much to heart.
3: Yep, well
5: said. Well, I'm going to slide in one of my questions real quick. How's yeah. it? How hard is it to? I would say get away from past biases and past stories about players.
3: Mm. That's a good question. Uh, that is
5: good. I yeah, think it's hard. Um, I, th-
3: I think it's hard. Uh, you know, my my story about Nika earlier. I think it's a good example where it was okay, I don't think he's that good, but his team's playing well. And then, okay, you know, he's playing pretty well. And like, you kind of have to move yourself along. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's easier for those of us who have been around a little bit longer because we kind of understand how long these like arcs take to resolve. But Mm -hmm. for newer casters, like for Dave and Gore and Mifflin right now, they're probably just going to recycle two to three talking points um, until until a fourth one comes up that, that one of the veteran casters identifies and then we're ready to go. It's not that they aren't going to have unique thoughts. It's that you want to stay in a safe boundary where you know what you're saying is, is acceptable basically. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think it tends to take, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think that that's why sometimes it takes a little bit longer for newer casters, especially to stop bringing up rehash talking points. It's, it's something we talk about. Uh, we have pretty much weekly or biweekly meetings um, on hey, what do we think is going on in the league right now? What gods do we think are going to be good? And we'll say, okay, you know, I think we've touched we've touched on United being rival week one in phase one. You know, we t- we're still talking about that six weeks in. It's probably time for us to drop that and, and find a new talking point for these teams. You know, we we have discussions about that kind of stuff pretty uh, pretty frankly.
4: Yeah, and like. You know, we we do our best to try and be not biased during the cast, but we all have, you know, players that we might have more of a relationship with or teams that we like. We're all still definitely fans just of the mm-hmm. league itself. You know, like any time that that Radiance is playing, I'm slightly more likely, I think, to give Radiance gas because that's like the team that I like so much. Mm-hmm. Right. Or how. Mifflin would kind of jokingly love Obey or something like that. You know, he's, he's certainly not that into them, but he loves the team. So we try and keep that sort of stuff in check or not keep stuff from, like, way long time ago in our minds, too, and try and make sure we're giving everyone sort of a, a, a fresh take, I think. We, we, we try to keep that stuff in our minds. Mm-hmm.
5: So I guess that kind of answers the question, is it hard to be neutral while casting when you're friends with a lot of players and know some in real life? I guess that kind of answers that question.
3: Yeah, I think yeah. it is um, at times, especially if they're really struggling, like, you kind of want to give them an excuse uh yeah. but for me like i i it's something i think about literally every time i'm casting like one of your games or any united game where you know it's no secret that i'm i'm really close with like snoopy and those guys um mm-hmm. i i try to make sure in fact i will make sure to criticize something that uh i notice because you know if look i i see a million mistakes every game i also miss a million mistakes every game i'm not going to bring all of them up it's just not conducive to a good broadcast But Mm -hmm. for example, if I see some if I see like you make a mistake and it's on the fence of whether or not I'm going to say it, I'll err on the side of saying it to make sure that it isn't thought of like, hey, you know, he's not criticizing the people he's close with. I I try to err on the side of of being too harsh.
5: I like it. (laughs) Um. Who's been popping off the most, both veteran, both veteran and rookie-wise, by Miss Mace Windu? Woo, woo, which, like,
4: which player or which caster? I, I think, he's asking, player, caster. Right? No, I think oh. he's asking which caster.
3: No, I think yeah, he's asking which caster's been popping
5: off this year. Who caster? There's barely any rookies besides like what Guy J. Yeah. that's a good point.
4: Um, I who do I think has been having a really good year? I have been very legitimately impressed with Dolson. Because I think amongst everyone we have on the team right now, he's the one that's starting the most like from zero in terms of like Smite background and knowledge and stuff like the rest of us were all either players or big time fans that were just watching in our spare time anyway. And Dave has had to make up a ton of ground, I think. And he, you don't get a whole lot of slack i don't think when you come in and people can kind of tell that you might not be as familiar with the game as everyone else so i don't know he has been playing a lot in his spare time he has been grinding constantly i think he's really really improved quickly and now he's not just the most handsome he's also very very good it's super annoying you know to deal with
3: right like what, what are we supposed to do about this dude it's it's getting out <laughs> we of control want to have a weakness. right we can't find one um I want to take a second gas all the new casters, because I, I, I echo everything that Finch said. Gormizer and his flexibility, it's probably not as uh, apparent to the outside, but Gormizer does a lot of chair one, and chair two, which is very difficult to do because um, really so- your roles are so different. And Gormizer is so instantly bought in on anything the casting team asks him to do. And then he does it really, really well. Uh, I've been really impressed with, with how he's been able to do that and just as like, if you watch week one of phase one and then you go back, I was particularly impressed. We were doing SPL waiting room and Gore Meiser was on it. And he was talking. And I was like, damn, that's a good point. And I was like, <laughs> yes, dude. Like, Gore, get in there, dude. I was like, I was I was getting amped up because Gore was killing it so hard. Um, so I've been really impressed with him. And Mifflin, like, Mif is just so unapologetically Mifflin. And the way that he's been able to transition that into a broadcast personality that is authentic to him but also acceptable for broadcast uh has been really fun to watch and i think he's been he's been doing a great job um so i've, I've been impressed with all of them
4: yeah we were legitimate worried at the beginning right we we're like man are we gonna be able to get a version of mifflin that we can put on air you know it's right. gonna be able to happen <laughs> and you know he, he's done a lot of work i think to kind of stay true to himself and also you know be on like be a great caster here with us yeah
5: yep you guys look a proud dad i am <laughs> that dude like, that's how it uh, feels yeah absolutely From Clay C twenty four, which what is one call you wish you could redo?
3: Oh, great
5: question! It's
4: a good question.
5: That's a hard one. That's a rough one.
4: It is. It is harder than I think. It is harder than than people think for us to remember specific moments. Mm -hmm. Um. So if if you have a specific moment, I'm gonna think for a second.
3: Um well I wish I wouldn't have blown my voice out in the semifinals, season five, for sure. <laughs> that's that's the first one that comes to mind.
4: Thanks uh, for giving me a chance to grow. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, all.
3: anytime. Um <laughs> I think season four uh season four World's Finals, the end call where Tom gets a little bit lost, which happens. Mm-hmm. Um I think we recovered super well and I know Tom is, has lost sleep over that call when when he really shouldn't um, but I think anyone would in his shoes uh, I think I could have done a better job of setting him up at the very end um, but I, overall like I am 65% happy or 70% happy with with how that call went um, I really wish I could have gotten 100% there but he, he, I uh, overall, those are the two that come to mind. Even though both, I think, ended up totally, uh, w- w- totally for the best. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if any specific moments come to mind, but I do kind of think that since we don't have like you know Taco and Tolly here as much, um, or at all really, I wish that you know I could have casted with them kind of at the level that I'm at now. Because a lot of the times they were having to deal with me when I was super new and still kind of learning stuff and getting used to casting and everything. And I think it would have made all of our casts sound a lot better, you know, if we could have had some more of them with this level of comfort that I've been able to Mm -hmm. get in this last year. And then obviously like in season six as well. Um, So I guess maybe if, if I think of it like that, I do wish that I had maybe been more capable of playing to their strengths a little bit better, especially now that I kind of have the view on it that I, that I do now.
5: Nice. Um, Next question. Gideon champion. What was your favorite meta to cast and why?
3: Huh? Meta. Um, Boy, did I hate... I hated last year's meta a whole lot. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't say that one. Even though I felt like I really understood it, I did not like casting it that much. Because it was like, all right, and here's where we just wait until the level 19 hunters rotate in and they'll determine what happens. So um, we'll just wait around (laughs) until that happens. Uh, I would say... Season 5 felt pretty fun. The, The year that Splice won. There was enough weird stuff happening that year and different picks... Um, I would, I would say season five worlds, uh, I thought was a pretty fun meta to cast
5: Wait, real quick. Mm. Um, I'm going to slide a question in there. What happens when a team does a start that you don't understand? Because <laughs> that was the first time I had seen the splice start of three yeah. duo. So how hard is it to react to that on the cast and give an educated guess or answer to what's happening?
3: You can go ahead, Finch.
4: Yeah, it's tough because it, for me it, when I'm the one my job in that moment I feel like is just to kind of try to understand it as quick as possible, mm-hmm. make sure that I point out that this is something new like when like like in that situation when the soul laner is just over there in duo for some reason <laughs> and they'll tp back or i've been trying to point out more i mean i don't think it's nearly as big but we see now i think if you feel like you're going to lose pressure in lane we've seen people like do purple hog alpha and then kind of come back to lane just in time to meet it so i feel like that's kind of like something that's relatively recent um but i think my job is to just understand it and just say it as soon as possible and then get out of the way and kind of let my two start to make sense of it because the worst thing i could do is just talk over it most of it and i really would like to try and get out of there and let my two in as soon as possible
3: yeah uh well for that particular start i had known about that one i had gotten you know i I talked to every team i can coming into worlds um about you know i'm not asking them for their specific strats but like yo you know is there anything that you think i should be ready for and uh, i'd gotten a heads up on that start so i felt pretty confident in that but Mm -hmm. in moments where i don't know um I think it's I think as a chair, too, it's really it's good content to admit you don't know. Uh, You know, you don't want to seem like, you know, everything all the time because the pros are the ones who are on the cutting edge. And you what I like to do is I just try and work it out mentally, uh, which is not always a great call um, on cast. I'm like, well, you know, this I imagine that this would get the ADC ahead. But then if the enemy support does this, that might hurt it. But since they didn't do that. Let's watch and see if they end up getting more, you know, if they hit level three first or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and you just kind of pose the question. And I don't know. I just I just be pretty genuine in those moments because those sorts of things excite me for sure.
5: All right. Well, sorry, Finch. What was your favorite meta to cast? I interrupted. Oh,
4: right. My favorite meta. When, when did we get the new map, the map that we're on right now? That's the start of season, season five, I think. That right? was season it was five? five?
3: Yeah. It season was five. five
4: start, yeah. Well, I liked it a lot because it kind of felt like because in season four I came in like right on the tail end, but mm-hmm. going into season five, it felt like I kind of finally got a chance to kind of learn everything along with everyone else. Um, so that was kind of nice. Like you know, I had aggro Toli, Taco, kind of helping me make sense of it. I got to talk to the pros some too. So I think it kind of felt like that was my first time when I was coming in competitively along with everyone else. So that I, I liked that a lot. You know, kind of getting to be a part of it from the beginning.
5: Nice. Um... I'm just going to pick a random one because there's a lot of questions left.
3: Uh, yeah, you're running out of time here, Barra. We're, we're up against it already.
5: See, For me, I'm not worried about time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you can tell the guys at Prediction, and that's fine by me.
5: Most awkward stories on cast regarding head-scratching plays slash stories, and it comes from Samuel with a lot of numbers after it.
3: <clears> hmm. <throat> <clears throat>
4: Hmm. so most like head scratching plays yeah just well, watch
5: one of our replays from last year <laughs>
4: <laughs> well it's like sometimes you'll see big moments you know where it's like i feel like we could have gotten off the fire giant a little bit sooner but like small moments hmm. come to my mind all the time like it's just recency bias i think affecting it but you see i don't know if you remember the radiance play where like adapting gets in there blocks the neath ultimate it's nasty benji's still yeah. alive oh. and then he walks all the way down and dies to the harpy and you're like i don't know man i just spent like the last one minute dumping my load so to speak loving that play from adapting (laughs) and then now it's like does this ruin it that he's dead all of a sudden it's like i don't know you get small moments like that 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 sometimes are are like kind of hard to recover from
3: Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't know i kind of let myself get tilted um because it's more entertaining it, that way
4: you all don't know but there is a tilt aggro that'll happen sometimes it's easier to tell when you're in the studio with them but tilt aggro will come out sometimes and it's hard to get him here
3: i can i can reenact it here okay this is how i'm watching the game most of the time i'm kind of leaned back not very good for breathing but you know that's kind of how it'd be and then someone does something and i will sit up and I'll like straighten myself in my chair. And then I'm like, I'm kind of leaned in like this. And then I look at my co-caster like, are you seeing this? And a lot of times Finch will give me the, yeah, man, I guess yeah. like, I don't know how I can help you here. And I'm like, no dude, this is tilting me. And I just start, I just start popping off that way. But yeah, I don't know if, if I see something head scratching, um, you'll know that I think it doesn't make any sense. Cause I'll say that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Um, my job is to be there To to give both facts and opinions, and um, in those moments where I'm giving my opinion that that sucked, uh, I let you know that I think it sucked.
5: So I'm gonna pick one more question. Okay, because I like it. It's it's a decent one. Um, (laughs) by Tyler DeYoung, five least favorite god to watch or comment
4: on. Ah,
3: ooh, good one.
4: That's great. I have a great answer already. If you all want it, yeah, Um, give it. Yeah, it's Aphrodite. uh, And it's because I have to talk about her from minute one in the game. So here's the thing with Aphrodite. Aphrodite invalidates like the first 20 minutes of the game because it almost doesn't matter what you do. In the late game, she's going to be healing too much and it's impossible to deal with. And back off does a million damage. And i had to spend the whole first 20 minutes going, Yeah, it's only a 5,000 gold lead. Doesn't matter because Aphrodite's on the other team and they don't have enough anti heal. I don't know what I'm supposed to do.
3: I just got <laughs> to talk about her for the whole game. That's a good answer. That is a good answer. Mine is also my favorite guy, go- my least favorite guy to play against, or at least one of them. Uh, no, my least favorite guy to play against is Sobek. Uh, it's Bakasura because never once have I thought, Man, that Bakasura play was sick. I just can't get excited about it, dude. Really? Are you yeah, kidding me, Barra? Like- Here's what you do. Four, three, like- just face roll my keyboard. <laughs> That's it. That's okay, all you got to do, dude. I hate it. I hate it so I hate that god. Never once have <laughs> I felt like I got outskilled by that character. Even once, I hate him. Get him out of my ranked games. <laughs> get him out. Personal crush. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, no, it is personal, for sure. It is personal. And Sobek, too, like, I also hate Sobek a lot.
4: Sobek uh, is sick This is an untenable stand You're making Yeah
3: it's something. better to cast into to play against For sure But it's like Oh yeah. let's see what happens to this team fight Either the Sobek hits his pluck And they win Or the Sobek misses his pluck And he insta dies <laughs> And they lose Like here we go again I don't know That's that's kind of how I feel the, But it's really Bacchus For the most part well, Oh most wait I've got another one
4: yeah, so. Persephone's pretty...
3: pretty I've, got, I've got another one. Yeah, Persephone, I just go, I'm sorry, What's dude. I don't know you Knowing
4: that even if you kill her, she still gets to kill you. Does that make it harder to play, knowing that it doesn't matter what you do? Like, <laughs> I just don't get why she gets her mana back.
5: <laughs> like, bro, you're literally, oom, um, we're like, okay, this is sick, great pick, and then she just comes back, casts all of her buttons, and you die. <laughs> or she makes enough impact in a team fight where you lose a team fight, and... Like it was that play today where Persephone killed Wolfie's Ryzen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like down the lane and he had like three plants there at the edge of his tower and he just blew up Wolfie and I was like, Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Great God.
3: Yeah, that <laughs> one's That's tough. Awesome. I have another one. This one's gonna hit a little closer to home for you, Barra. Uh Changa puts me to sleep. I hate it. I th- <laughs> I-, I, I just don't you were say Gene. No, 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 no. I
4: thought you were going
3: to say Gene too. Yeah, yeah that would have really hit close to home. <laughs> but this is at least a, co- a god that your team had a big hand in, in putting on broadcast a whole lot. Uh, Chonga is just like resident sleeper, dude. Mm hmm.
4: I love Chang'e. You'll never.
3: I am a notorious Chang'e hater. I hate that character, dude. Because on Box, back in the day, none of the mid laners could hit any buttons. And so they just started playing Chang'e because everything's unmissable. And I played against Chang'e, Mid, and Screams every day. And I wanted to lose it because I wanted to play Isis and Poseidon, both of whom are are horrible to play against, Chang'e. And I had no fun at all
4: oh it's because he has beads agus on like a 15 second cool right and and
3: you move the whole time like really fast you get movement (laughs) speed while you're doing it oh i hate it it's
4: just personal (laughs) grudges you're not even talking about
5: casting it it's just personal grudges (laughs) yeah that's right that's right right, um so i i guess i'll ask the gorilla question because shall be mad at me if i don't Okay. So oh question. yeah,
3: I don't. I think Finch is wrong here, but I can't remember exactly what your what your position is. It's okay, the uh, it's it's the old question that that I was raging at Mifflin about uh, months mm-hmm. ago. Um, One hundred cloned Mifflins uh, against a gorilla, okay. a, a, a fully grown adult male <laughs> silverback gorilla.
4: I will give the one stipulation that makes this possible. If the clones all have like shadow clone jutsu tech from Naruto where they don't care about dying and they're all willing to run in and get smashed to smithereens, then I think you can do it because only one of you has got to make it in the end, right? You can definitely win with 99 of you. If, the other, if 99 are willing to die, you can do it.
3: No, dude. How do they kill it? I don't understand how they even kill it.
4: They they can overpower it. There's 99 is a lot. Talk about surface area. They've got it. covered,
3: dude. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Finch. Only so many. The gorillas are not actually that big, like mass wise. They're just strong. So there's only so many Mifflins that could be in contact with the gorilla at one time. 99 can't be on them at the same time.
4: The first 20 are smashed to powder. I concede that. It's just that this gorilla is <laughs> going to get tired. How many Mifflins? That can is can the only argument. Yeah. Yes,
3: that is the only argument is that you is that the gorilla uh, will get tired. That's the only one. Because if that gorilla has boofed some G fuel earlier that day, it's game <laughs> over. It is game over. No chance. The Mifflin's ever heard it, ever.
4: If, if, if none of them want to survive, if they're all willing to die, you can do it. You can't do it, that's incorrect. Last
5: question. <laughs> um, what is your favorite way to eat bacon? And I will just say bacon as just a slice of bacon, not on a sandwich, mm-hmm. not on anything in particular, mm-hmm. just one standard slice of bacon. Mm-hmm. Because mine is the perfect combination between chewy and done where it still has some tear potential. Yep. But when you're biting it, there's a nice crisp.
4: Yeah, Bear is right on this, and aggro as often Ew. is the case, is a fool here. Do um, you want bacon that's not too crisp? I don't want my mm-hmm. bacon to be a complete horizontal line. But you know, you want it to have some structure, some body, so to mm-hmm. speak, to it, and but to still have a little bit of give, a little bit of chew. That is the perfect way to eat your bacon.
3: Here's the deal. If I bite into my bacon and I get those little stringies at all, you know what I'm talking about? Like I have to pull it apart.
0: i I hate my
3: life i hate it here instantly i want if i could grab my bacon you mentioned straight horizontal i want it flatter than the horizon okay and And,
4: that that sounds awful to me and if
3: i go like if i do like the pencil wiggle you know how you would like grab the end of the pencil and like wiggle it to make it look like Mm -hmm. it was waving if i don't if i do that and it doesn't shatter into a million pieces what's the (laughs) point of me being here dude i want it crispy okay and what i tell restaurants because they're scared to make it that crispy as they should be because a lot of people will probably complain when i go to a restaurant yeah. I, i'm a waffle house i go yo can i get some bacon and you can basically burn it that's what i tell them because that <laughs> way i'll get it to where i actually want it right on the edge it, it's perfect but that it, way dude crispy bacon loses, is the best
5: it loses like all flavor the crispier nope. it gets nope yes it does
3: no Bro, it's it so salty. Burnt. It's salty and delicious, man. Salty it's so, burnt flesh. No, it's so good. Yeah. Crispy. Dude. The crispier the better. Yes. Bear, you actually picked the worst question, by the way. When I was in your chat earlier and oh. I mentioned that you had to do this was a good question, don't get me wrong. But someone had a very good oh. random question. I feel like I need to bring it up because it's actually really good. Um oh, sorry. I'll
5: let you finish. Right, That's fine. So, <laughs> right. Take, take this the is shot what back. it's like
4: to chair one for aggro. You're learning.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, listen, what is the what is the ideal t-shirt fit feel like? You know, like do you do you like the loose, I baggy? I knew you were going to bring up. This Dude, that's question, a good question. Bro. Like, it's describe a, your perfect t-shirt. It's a good it's question. A t-shirt. What do you mean? Oh my God. John, can you believe this? Okay. You're both named John Finch. Can you believe this? (laughs) When I asked Barra what his ideal sandwich was, he goes, I don't know, bread. Whoa! I did not say that. You did. I said, that's "What kind cherry. of bread?" You said, "I don't know." Whatever I get at Publix. You uh, that's you said the exact same thing. You go into Publix, ask
4: for sandwich. Is that how you yeah. work? <laughs> <laughs> You walk up to the deli and one
5: sandwich, please. I, uh, Agra will write like paragraphs about his favorite sandwich. It's that's right. That complicated. It is. It's really not. Neither no, is wearing a t-shirt. You put the t-shirt on, and it's called. And what
3: do you want it to feel like? It, Describe it to me a t-shirt i hate you, <laughs> you so want it to much have
4: just you want it to come off your body just a little bit you want yep. it too tight and clingy yep. you want just enough give but you want it still to not add too much you know shape to you you don't want it to, to, to get too baggy or anything yep it needs to be just a little bit off your body i would say
3: yeah uh we're talking that that light breathable cotton number one that that's big
4: yeah, yeah already too deep for me here but i, I can sign my
3: on. god you guys just don't like <laughs> what do you mean dude i don't understand it's got no, it, keep going, keep going. okay like the, some t-shirts you know like you can feel the seam on your shoulder like on the tops of your shoulders a little bit that yeah. bugs me that's got to be a lighter seam up here or else it's gonna it's gonna really make me mad um and just yep. like it's got to breathe. That's the that's the big thing yep. for me. Is breathability of the t shirt is huge. Um, the fit, like you know, uh, a shirt fitting is, is one thing, and Finch does the right thing in describing it. But like, I think we go to all assume that we want the t shirt to fit. I'm talking yep. light cotton. Uh, top seam is really important. No tag. No I tag.
4: Hold its shape. It needs to hold its. Sh- I don't like shirts that'll get all full yeah. and wrinkly old its shape i
3: need that too. you want a tc tuggers uh little the, the only t-shirt with a knob on the front you know that's what i right. mean yeah, yeah but you can't make fun of the knob that watch i think you should leave all of you uh both listening and watching um this is uh it, it is the funniest show that's ever existed
4: are you gonna let barra close the show now
5: or
3: yeah bear do my normal spiel and i'll do your buy <laughs> this is good no. this is gonna be good yeah yeah, go for it
5: no no it's fine uh you already took over no no, no i don't uh, want it just- anymore I just wanted to ask you, what is light cotton?
3: You know, like, sometimes the cotton blend is is too heavy. You no, I actually don't. I can't help you, man. Like, Bro, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, what, <laughs> what do I mean? On do you, what kind of cotton t-shirt do you put on? You're like, man, this is a Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whenever, whenever the world is safe again, I will bring you some t-shirts <laughs> that I'm talking, like, where I'm talking about this feels good, this is the light, nice cotton blend, and then there's... The less nice ones And you'll be able To tell the difference I promise you You just don't know it yet I will say The shirt I'm thinking of When I'm thinking of Really comfy shirts It's actually a Space Station <laughs> gaming shirt That I got sent last year those, For the work For the Those record. shirts are very comfy It's very comfy Comfy,
5: Yes And they fit They kind of like hug you yeah. I like being hugged
3: Okay Yeah it's, Wow we got like nice, We got there Nice, all got
5: there.
3: nice description <laughs> Nice Alright close oh, yeah. the
5: show but I won't complain If my t-shirt Is not hugging me all day Okay Can I just end the show with a bye?
3: No, no. You have to do the thing. Like, make sure you... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just start and I'll I'll be in your ear. Okay, pretend I'm like production in your ear. You're the caster here. So that's what we're going to do. So start saying goodbye. All right. Bye. Make sure you plug prediction. Thanks for... uh... Make sure you plug prediction. (laughs) <laughs> spotify apple podcasts
5: thank you for uh watching here on twitch.tv slash prediction esports right. two es in prediction right um you can check out our show at spotify and apple Podcasts. they've got other great World's shows too. Exists currently and my youtube channel youtube.com slash c slash barracuda two r's two c's and two d's nice not on the agros. uh check the other prediction
3: agros. podcasts on their channel
5: other prediction podcast uh you know they're great shows not as Quality great as this one yeah. but they're pretty
3: good live here every sunday at 8 p.m.
5: live here every sunday at 8 p.m. uh it's right now it's about to close actually it was an hour ago right um <laughs> and right, you can close
3: it good to close i don't i don't know
5: if there will be another guest on next week maybe we'll have finch on again you know finch is a pretty good guest uh maybe maybe we'll have uh you know destiny on maybe we will have van you know i don't really care well, not was on next two. Yeah, have them on. Oh, all. No.
3: all right, we're over time. Good to close. Overtime, Good to close. Over time. Good to close.
5: O- overtime. What is overtime?
3: We are over time. You've been talking too We've long. Been overtime you- we're
5: over time for 16 minutes. We're We gotta, we gotta close it.
3: We g- close the show, John.
2: Oh, bye. Bro, what, what are you? Bye.
3: That? The Barracuda. Bye. That's not how it goes.
2: <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance.